Well, hello everyone. I'm Jill Bloom, publisher of Wells and Ceilings, and welcome to a very special Q&A. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you're listening to our podcast or watching on video. We're glad you're here. And I have to say, I'm really excited about this conversation because this gentleman has a really cool history in this industry. And I am so honored to welcome Steve Smithwick, the president and founder of Masterwall. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So John Wyatt, the editor of Wells and Ceilings and I are going to have some great questions for you today. And we're just excited to hear about who you are and your history and all that good stuff. But for those of us who don't know who you are, you know, can you tell us just a little bit about your history and share, share with us where are you from and tell us about your family and all that good stuff? Um, born and raised in Marietta, Georgia with a uh, family of three sisters and myself. Um, lived in Georgia basically all my life. Uh, short stint in Alabama when we first moved down here to the Columbus area. Um, my, my history is I was an uh, athletic person and uh, played a lot of sports and um, loved being in Marietta, Georgia in that area and growing up there. Of course, it's grown to the point where you can't hardly get around now, so I'm glad I'm in Columbus, Georgia. Um, moved to Columbus in 1980 with my family to go to work for a competitor down here. Actually, they moved me down here to open a plant for them. Uh, I won't name that competitor, probably figure that out. And uh, I have uh, three sons and a daughter. Uh, the three sons work in the business with me here at Masterwall. And uh, my wife also works here. She's actually my administrative assistant and keeps my uh, grammar better and uh, things like that. So we have 12 grandkids and actually a great grandchild also about four months old. So what? How is that even possible? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, that sounds truly like one family, one big family business. I mean, what's what's Thanksgiving like at your house on Thanksgiving? It's big. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, even though we're empty nesters, when we all get together, we've talked about having to build on just for the get together. So, uh, and that's a serious thing. Uh, there's usually 25 to 30 of us all together now between uh, spouses of the kids and their kids, et cetera. So, uh, Oh a lot of fun, though. That's awesome. Well, Steve, I want to, again, thank you and thank all those at home watching this. Um, I'm equally as excited to chat with you today. So, listen, um, big news for you, I think, next year or in a couple of years, but you're coming up on, uh, uh, I think, 35-year anniversary, if I'm right. But I want to ask, since Master Wall's inception in 1987, can you chat with us what those early days were like? Um, and I'm assuming you were always headquartered in Georgia? Yes, we were. I, one of the original partners of mine in Mastwall had a uh, facility in Lithonia, Georgia, where um, he was actually a large uh, applicator in, in the East business. And um, I used his warehouse to start with. And since his crews were in there during the day, uh, I would literally wait till the afternoons. I'd come in three or four in the afternoon and then work all night making product uh, in a very small manner to begin with, say the least. And um, believe it or not, we are still in that building. We eventually took over sections of it. 
And we have been in that building in Lithonia, Georgia, ever since the beginning, still manufacturing. That is, that is our largest manufacturing facility. Oh, that's really cool. So do you own the building or is it the same person that you deal no, we, with? We, we own it now. We did buy it. Okay. So. What's the square footage on that? Uh, it's, it's about 32,000 square feet altogether. Wow. Uh, it's, it's not enough. Uh, we need more, but uh, we're, we're making do till we can expand. So, uh, so as you approach all these decades in business, what has been your take basically on how the industry was back then and how it's changed to, I guess, the present day? Well, uh, when I joined in the 80s, um, residential was the big thing. We were coming out and into an energy energy crisis at the time. And so energy efficiency and insulation on homes was a really big thing. And it was perfect timing for the company I was with. It just exploded. And um, so that's the way it was when I first came in in the 80s. And then as time went along, as you probably know, there were some problems in the residential business with, with our top products. About and 10 it, years into business for you, correct? Uh-huh. Mid to late 90s, yeah. Right. And then everything just kind of evolved to the commercial end of things from there. And, um, and it, still to this day, it's, it's mainly a commercial hospitality, you know, hotels and things. That's really our strong suit, the industry and master walls. And um, residential is a very small part of our business today. Steve, how did the how did your bulldog become your mascot? I mean, that's like the coolest thing at every single <laughs> trade show. I think all my kids have have a, a few different, you know, of those cute little stuffed animals that you always give out. How did that come about? Well, uh, we had a distributor in uh, Louisiana, uh -huh. and uh, one of our regional managers, actually my son Stephen, called on him, and he came back one time. He said. Uh, we actually started with a gray and white bulldog that was just, we didn't even know whose dog it was. It was just a picture that an agency gave us to use. And he said, Dad, you got to see this bulldog. He is unbelievable. He brought me back a picture of it. And the distributor that had it, his name was Bully, was the dog's name. And man, we said, oh, that's it. That is the dog. And during that transition, we literally took the dog, took him to a photo shoot in a studio, and made all these pictures and uh, things of him. We literally changed our whole branding at that time. We were blue and white and some gray in our, in our uh, marketing and our branding. And we went to orange. If you've ever uh, seen any of our pals out at one of the shows or anything, it kind of went with the bulldog. The whole Absolutely. branding changed to orange and all. So and that was about 15, 16 years ago. So. The orange bucket and the bulldog. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. We we love it. Proud of it. Do you have a name of the of the bulldog that you call today? Uh, Darby. Darby. Okay. Darby, Darby which kind of fits with the stucco industry and all. You know, the tool, Darby tool. Absolutely. So that worked. His real name was Bully, though. So uh, certainly a great marketing campaign on for the company. Um, so Steve. Let's get to the present time now. So, hey man, what are the biggest challenges you're facing today? I mean, I'm sure you could wax philosophical on at least the last year. Um, tell us what that's been like. 
Well, the pandemic um, certainly changed a lot of things, but I, quite honestly, uh, you know, we never had a shutdown. We were always considered essential, and particularly in the southeast and the southwest, uh, we, we had very little problem with, with our applicators working and, and doing jobs. So the challenge was, of course, in the plants and in the offices. And uh, we had very few positive tests of COVID. And when we did, we handled them correctly in the plants and uh, never had to shut down for it, though. So that we were very fortunate in that regard. Um, I don't know how our competitors did, but we managed it fine. Congratulations on that. That's, you know, we've all felt the scene of, of the past year. So it's, it's wonderful to hear just a, a great kind of positive. Well, and, and we, we travel a good bit. Our, our company still never really quit traveling completely, though we cut way back. But obviously, as y'all know, up in your neck of the woods, uh, different sections of the country are handling it differently. So uh, we're fortunate to be down here. So is that travel extended to sales calls or? Um... It, it varies because some of our customers didn't want you to see them, of course. They, they just kept you out. But then we had others that uh, cautiously wanted to see you, you know. So we'd mask up and go in. Could you give me a balance of, of say, you know, the Zoom I guess, meetings you have with your customers versus in person? Oh, wow. That certainly flipped the past year. Uh, probably, I just guess around 75% of them are virtual, you know, compared to 25% face-to-face or so. That must have cut enormously, though, on overhead. So if there is a silver lining, you could probably argue that. But still, there is no replacement for face-to-face meetings. Uh, you're, you're right in both ways. Yes. Well, I know John Le is asking all the business questions. I want to I want to go back and ask about your days with your sons. I hear that you uh, well, you mentioned earlier that you were you were coaching the boys basketball. I think it was. Yeah, coached high school basketball for almost 20 years at a private school here in Columbus and uh, coached my sons. A couple of my sons were there, of course, during that time. And uh Loved coaching basketball. It was uh, a real good uh, diversion from my, my business yep. days, typically. Mm-hmm. Took a lot of time, though, so I finally hung it up about four years ago. Oh, okay. So you coached for a long time then. So tell me about the boys, though, when they were when they were playing basketball. Did uh, Tell me some fun stories about coaching and, having the, and coaching the boys. Well, uh, one thing about children, they're all different, and uh-huh. – uh, the, the two that I coached, my oldest son, Stephen, didn't play basketball, but uh, Grant, my middle son, and Stuart did. Uh, Grant, typically being a middle child, was very compliant, very easy to, to deal with, but uh, even, even he would challenge me occasionally. So uh, it, it would come down to uh, reminding him of our positions on the floor, typically, in a basketball game, and he would usually pick up on what I was saying pretty quick. And then my younger son, Stuart, just had m- much more of a temper. And uh, so he was a little bit harder to coach in some ways. Both of them were very athletic and very good. But uh, uh, I've said this before. Anybody that says they treat all their children the same is lying because you can't. 
You know, they're, they're all different. They're all individuals and you have to handle them differently. One, one thing about coaching and now working with them here at Masterwall is I, I learned early and set it up this way. I didn't want any of my children reporting directly to me. So they report to like our general manager and uh, other department heads rather than me. Uh, and that's worked out really well. That was a good decision. Oh, that's a great, that's a great plan for sure. Now, did you always think that as your kids were growing up that you'd all be working together? Uh, no, no. Uh, when, in fact, when we first started it, um, Grant, after he got out of college, went and taught school and, uh, for a couple of years and decided that wasn't his cup of tea. And then he came to work for us. And, um, my daughter actually worked for us also for a couple of years before she started having children. She's got five children now, so she's a little busy. And uh, so at one time, all four of them were here. So, um, which was fun. It was fun. My daughter is a very, uh, very happy person. And uh, she was receptionist and helped with payables early on. So that was a good experience too. Oh, that's awesome. So speaking of the kids, Steve, um, can you talk about, I suppose, what plans you have for them? I mean, uh, certainly I've, I've met Grant um, several times. Great dude. Um, but I'm not sure I've, I've met the other ones. But could you talk about their roles briefly and where you see them headed? Yeah. Uh, well, Stephen, the oldest son, which you might have run into at a show or something at some point, but Stephen is pretty much our product development manager and he's a pretty creative guy so he, he he's over our R&D department and our color department and he's basically really good at taking a product and developing it by trialing it uh, applying it in any way you can and that's pretty much his forte uh, then we have Grant who you met is our sales manager and you know he's he's a good salesman he's just a happy guy and um, enjoys what he does, and it's a real good fit for him. Stuart works in our marketing department, and uh, that's, that's what his degree is in, and he only started that a couple of years ago. He's worked in several areas of our company, from payables to uh, payroll, et cetera, uh, but he loves the marketing thing. He's done a very good job for us. We've got a lot of new things we've put out that he's developed, so that's their roles currently anyway. Well, that's a good segue into let's chat about, um, since I suppose we've last all seen each other, whether that was at uh, one of the regional shows or in text, but hey, do you got any new products that you want to chat about or any big company news that you can disclose as kind of a primer to the upcoming trade season? Well, we, we have come out with a wood grain product that's actually been out for about a year now, but we didn't get to show it much because of no shows to, to go to yeah. that and a brick, a thin brick type product that we've had out. And uh, they've been used some in the hospitality area, particularly, and um, it's going real well. Uh, we don't particularly have anything brand new besides those that I can talk about yet, but uh, we're always trying to think outside the box and uh, do something new. We've got an R&D department that's got a, a total of at least five products on the verge of being ready to to put out and um can we hope for an in-text release sir 
I'm sorry not to cut you off. Can we hope for an Intex, I suppose, premiere? Is that where, when we're going to get to see this or at the Texas show? What do you think? Probably be Intex before it would happen. Um, but uh, stay aware. Keep, we'll have something. Oh, we will be there. We're excited to see. Yeah, we're, I'm excited to get together again. I know. Aren't we all? I mean, it's yeah. fun. Well, we'll be at the Florida thing, Florida walls and ceilings. So. Yeah, we'll see you there too. Yeah, well, that's a good shift into our next question. Jill and I want to know, um, what is your trade show scheduled this year? Well, as long as they uh, meet you. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do the Florida walls and ceilings thing for sure. That's, that's one of the most fun shows to us. And uh, it seems to get great attendance every year. Of course, Florida is a strong market for our type products. Uh, we're at the Texas Lath and Plastering Show also, which is um, a little smaller, uh, if you've ever been to it, and um, and we'll be at Intex also. Things keep shifting, and with some of those, but uh, we'll we'll be there. That's we're big on the show thing. Well, I believe they're locked and loaded, so um, I may see you at, at Texas if I happen to go this year. And I know Jill will see you in Florida. Absolutely. Good. Good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. So, so Steve, tell me when, as you've grown throughout your career, who are, uh, what are some of your favorite books that you've read and who are some people that really inspire you? Well, I've got a lot of books. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm big on, uh, we push books on everybody around here. Yes. You know, our our culture is very intentional. Uh, we have a lot of long-term employees been with us many over 20 years and we're very proud to be able to do that. Uh, one of the things we try to get everybody to read, and to my knowledge, everybody in our company has read The Fred Factor. Mm. And um, Love that book. Yeah, the, post right. the Postman, right? Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's such a service-oriented guy, and it's such a good story of him taking care of his customers. So we want everybody in our company to kind of lock into that mentality of taking care of the customer. And um, in fact, you know, me and my wife talk about we'll go into a restaurant and uh, if we have a good server, we'll end up saying, wow, uh, she or he was a, well, they're a Fred, you know, they're Fred. Really good girls. we'll go into a grocery store and see somebody like that. And we'll say, wow, that's a Fred over there. You know, they did a great job. So it's a, it's a good book and it kind of sets the tone for what we do. Uh, I like book. John Gordon has a, just a whole list of books that are good. The energy bus. Love that. Um, Take the stairs. Mm. Uh, love, love. Take the stairs. That we're uh, experimenting with one of uh, his uh, things. It's called vi visioneering. Mm -hmm. Is a section in the book, and the uh, concept is to take pictures of what you want to happen and put it in front of the people you want it to happen with, and uh, it, it'll grow on them and it'll eventually come come true. So what we did, we're taking our plants. We're saying we, this is the way we want our plants to look. And so we're building this gallery of pictures in each plant to influence them on taking care of the place, making it look good, making a good impression. Um, so that's, that's two or three of them. Uh, another one I, I read a couple of years ago is uh, It's My Pleasure, which talks about the Chick-fil-A uh, business and what a great service culture that is. So mm -hmm. anyway, Ask me about books. I've always got a list for you. Oh, I love it. So take the stairs. Tell me what's uh, the author. Gosh, his name. Um, well, 
as you as we as you said, take the stairs. So take the stairs was written by a gentleman who he got to start uh, selling books with a company called Southwestern out of Nashville, Tennessee. I remember that. I sure do. I can't remember his, couldn't remember his name, but uh, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name as well. But I tell you, I love that book because I knocked on doors for Southwestern for four years myself. Really? So I it was. Um, a bunch of us, my sorority sisters and I did that. And so I love that book has a special place in my heart because it was written by somebody that has did the exact same thing. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. In fact, I spent a summer in Georgia. So oh. you're there in Georgia. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah. Love it. Good. So tell me about your culture. So when you, you've got these great books in regards to like, you know, the Fred factor and take the stairs and just, there's such great, inspirational stories that make you realize, okay, doing good things and doing the right thing and, and stretching yourself. How do you, how do you instill that culture at Masterwell? Well, this is going to sound kind of corny, but I'll start with this. You know, you, you really got to love your people. Mm -hmm. uh, you hear that kind of talk all the time. You hear it in sports and, and other things, but if you don't love your people, you're going to have a hard time leading them. And uh, I have this thing I say all the time, walk the hall slowly. And what that basically says is every day, be sure you walk around in the offices and you do it slowly. So if somebody wants to come up to you and tell you something or ask you something, be available to them. I think that's very important. Um, I also talk about we celebrate what you want repeated. If you see somebody do something good, you make a point to, number one, pat them on the back, possibly give them a bonus for it, and make sure others know that you did that because what they did was, was really good. It really helped the company. Um, with all that goes on in a, in a business, if you don't make your culture intentional, you're going to have a culture. And it, it just, you want to control it and make it what you want it. Some people say we're a uh, faith-based company. If you've ever read our mission statement, we, uh, we certainly have that part of it in it. Um, and, and I feel like that also drives, when I, when I hire somebody, it's particularly a manager or a regional manager, uh, we interview them to death. Uh, we really get to know them well before we hire them. And almost without exception, one thing that comes up is, hey, I read your mission statement. And you can get kind of a general feeling about where they're at with it. Number one, if they've read it and they're there interviewing with you, they probably have an interest in it. Now, hopefully they have a worldview similar to yours. Don't, don't ask that specifically, of course, but you can kind of get a guide from that. Sure. So what is your mission statement and how did you come up with that? Well, the mission state itself is, is, is large. It's, it's behind me there. It'd take me a minute to read it, but. What happened, I tell the story of, um, I drove out to Phoenix, Arizona from Columbus, Georgia. We had only been in business a year or two and there was an EMA meeting at the Doubletree Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. And I drove out there thinking for some reason that because I was now manufacturing East that I could get in the EMA meeting. Drove all that way and uh, couldn't get in the meeting. I'm not, I wasn't a member of EMA at the time. And, uh, so it was kind of disappointing. I tell the story, though, the uh, Oakland A's were actually having their spring training there, and I got to see all the baseball players. They were staying at the Doubletree Hotel, so that was a consolation for that. But 
I wrote the mission statement driving out to Phoenix and back, did it slowly and uh, made notes and, and put it all together when I got back. And that's, that's how it came about anyway. So why couldn't you get into the meeting? I had to be a member of EMA and I wasn't at the time. <laughs> oh my God. And you couldn't make that happen to get in the door or they wouldn't let you make that happen to get in the door. No, not at the time. The EMA has changed a bit since those days. Well, speaking of EMA, I understand, weren't you just named uh, the president of EMA? I was, I was. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, very proud to be there with that and be the president. Well, tell us more about EMA. Like how does, if somebody wants to be a member, how do you become a member of EMA? Well, uh, if you want, if you're an architect, an applicator, a distributor, it's very easy. Uh, there's a very small fee to be a, for an annual membership. And that gives you all access to all kinds of information from uh, applicator things, technical things, what's going on in the industry in general. Uh, very good if you're associated with the EVES or the stucco business either. It, it helps with both. Oh, that's awesome. So how did you feel when they turned you away? Um, well, I, I learned a lot uh, <laughs> yeah, with that experience. I, certainly it was disappointing after sure. driving for two and a half days to get there. And uh, I should have done more homework. Let's put it that way. Uh, and there were only, I think, four manufacturer uh, manufacturers in EMA at the time. Uh, as today, there's five. And it was a little bit more of a closed loop back then than it is now, too. Oh, that's well, that's a great story. Well, <laughs> I'm sure Scott it, laughs about that now. And that is Scott Robinson, um, who, oh. will, who we'll see out there. And I think if it's October, if I recall right, but we've spoken to Scott on this Zoom meeting a couple of times now. And we're certainly friends with Dave and Lori and the rest of the great staff there. I know Jill wants to ask you about chicken farming, but um, as we kind of wrap things up, I suppose, you know, do you want to um, basically give any projections you have for the next coming year? Do you think business will still be good? Um, What's your crystal ball? Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're thinking that uh, from what we hear, what we see, and what we know, that uh, you know, 2021 should be a good year all the way around, and the first half of 2022 looks good. Uh, can't see past that, and there's a whole lot of things going on that can affect it, of course. And, uh, but, but right now, we seem to be on course for a, a pretty good 2021, and optimistic it'll be a, another good year. Steve, I forgot to ask earlier, but what is your distri um, distribution reach? Are you continental U.S., uh, North America? Do you do any work outside the country? Yeah, we, uh, it's, of course, most of it's the continental U.S., but we have uh, distributors in Korea. We have them in China, do a lot of work in Guam. Uh, that's the basis of our international work there. That's most of it. And they all know you through the bulldog, right? Even if there's a language barrier. You, you are right. You the Darby. bulldog really gets their attention. It really does. That's awesome. So, Steve, you mentioned when you were at the Doubletree, you saw the, the uh, Oakland A's. They were there. Now, was that before or after they had implemented uh, what now is known as Moneyball? <laughs> uh, 
Were they winning? Absolutely. Were they winning when you saw them, or were they completely? They, no, they were winning. That was when McGuire and all those guys were there. They were they were a big deal then. Of course, that all changed soon after that. But uh, right, very nice. Well, if there was one person that you've, uh, or even a contractor, do you have any contractor or stories from the industry of people that you're that just you'll always remember? <laughs> uh, I, I've got a, I've got a book on. You got a list. You got a book, right? I, Are you going to write a book? Is that what you're saying? You're going to write I, a book? Well, I should. Uh, you should. No, when I went to work for the competitor early on, uh, I, I can't. I won't call any names, but I have got some stories uh, that that are unbelievable. But uh, people were there usually to back up my stories. So. Uh, I can't think of one right now that I could tell. Um, you know, I, we, we had a lot of uh, applicators early on that bought direct from us. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I had one not too far from where we are now. He's, he's no longer a, uh, an applicant. In fact, he retired. But uh, one of the ways he uh, loved to keep me at bay for asking for money was he would walk into the warehouse to pick things up. And he, he'd love to reach in his pocket for his money, but he, but he had a Derringer in there, <laughs> in, in the same pocket. And as he was reaching for his money, he, he'd always be sure you saw the Derringer, you know. Oh, my gun. gosh. And uh, that was always pretty intimidating. Greg, uh, uh, do you have a permit for that? <laughs> <laughs> but it was Georgia, remember. Georgia, okay. So there you go. In Michigan. Is that just his dark sense of humor, or do you think uh, he was a little dodgy? Uh, he had a weird sense of humor. Let's put it that way. Because <laughs> most of that wasn't funny to me. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, uh, hey, sure. What invoice? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, but no, we didn't get this. We didn't get the chance to talk about the chickens. Let's go back to that. I hear uh, something about chickens. Well, What's the story there? That, that's kind of funny. I, I've actually had chickens all my life, even when I was a boy. Growing up, I had chickens, and not long after we got married and moved down here, I I started buying chickens again. So I have a chicken coop of chickens. We have fresh eggs, and uh, uh, like I said, I've had it 30, 40 years plus, you know, uh, just about the whole time we've been in Columbus anyway. Oh, so, that is so cool. And uh, all different kinds, so... So I had a friend of mine that just ordered, just got some, uh, she lives up on a farm and got some chickens as well. And supposedly they laid all different types of colored eggs. Like what different colors eggs do these chickens hatch lay? I, you, they are blue. They are green. Yeah. They are pink. They are dark brown, light brown. Uh, depends on which kind you buy the chickens. Uh, you can get just by any color egg you want. So, I wasn't sure I believed it, but now I do totally. So you really have oh, blue and pink and green eggs. Absolutely. Like you're really? talking the shell, right? Not like the uh -huh. like the, the insides of a regular egg, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the color of the shell, and it's, it's really like neat. Talking about Dr. Seuss here, green eggs and yam. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to throw that in. I didn't know if that was appropriate or not. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I don't know. See, uh, <laughs> we can talk about Dr. Seuss. That's okay. We won't censor that. <laughs> okay. Sounds like yeah. it takes the work out of dying east um, Easter eggs, right? Yeah, you don't have to do it when you have those kind of chickens. You know, you just have all the different colors. They're really neat. 
just throw some sparkles on them. I think we need a picture. Okay. Well, I, I can do that. I, I need a picture of some blue and green and pink eggs naturally okay. that way. Okay. And it has I'll nothing to do, to do that when I send, send something else to you there. So, Oh, please. So it really has nothing to do with what you feed them. It naturally, no. they. Not, not at all. It is the type chicken that, that lays that colored egg. That is fascinating. Yeah. So uh, your, your friend is telling you the truth. Okay. I can't wait to go up and see <laughs> these cute little chickens that she's, uh, that she's introduced into her, her own farm. <laughs> Well, Steve, it's truly been an honor to speak with you and learn about your background and your children a little bit more, even though we've met them at trade shows and get the history of, of the bulldog bully and, uh, and everything. So we truly appreciate your time. And anything, any other final thoughts? No, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate that and uh, looking forward to a good year. Oh, it's totally our pleasure. And every, if anybody has any questions, you can reach Masterwall. I do believe it's masterwall.com. Is that correct? That's correct. And do y'all have an 800 number? Sure do. 800-755-0825. There you go. So if you have any questions for Steve, reach out to him directly. If you have any questions for us, you can reach us at wconline.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our free e-magazine, our free e-newsletters, register for free on our website. So you can always stay up to date with all the great interviews we're doing with uh, fabulous people like Steve Smithwick. And everyone, please stay safe and healthy. We look forward to seeing you next time.